It's about today. We're officially going until four, and we'll see how we do. It's really about kind of finding an organic ending to it, but we could go a bit over. Um, later on this evening, there's Brenda's concert. The information is over there. If you say you're part of Jackson Street, you get a discount at the door. Breaks during the day, we'll, we'll kind of, maybe an hour and a half, we'll take a tea break and then and half an hour later take a lunch break and just organically see how, like, okay, we need to move about enough. So we'll just organically move the day in that way, if that's okay for folks to work in that way. <clears throat> All right. Let's see what we do today. Jack? Yes, ma'am. So will we have a lunch break as well or not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a lunch break. We'll, I mean, you know... On, on paper, it's 90 minutes for lunch, and we might need, or whatever it is, it's an hour and 15 or something, whatever. I can't remember now. Yeah, an hour and 15. And that works if people have to go to restaurants, but I've no idea what's in the area. So when it comes to lunch, Renata can fill us in of what's appropriate and stuff. Okay. And, and then we decide a, a, a time around that, you know? Okay. And then tomorrow, what, how late? Tomorrow from 9 until 2.30, because there's a lot of flights and travel and stuff. Today is till 5? Yeah, I think so. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Okay. I think, I think it used to say four. It, and yeah, then it, it used to say to five. In case we went late, I think. This oh, okay. Seven, I okay, know. I just had four in my head, so no worries. It was All four right. originally. Okay. Yeah, it was four at one point because I, I had a card with four written on it in my bag. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's from oh, way back. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm assuming the concert is somewhere nearby. I don't Yeah, how far is the concert away? It's like 10 minutes away. So. Oh, okay. From here? Yay. Yeah, it's indicator. It's indicator. Oh, great. Or decanter, as I've been calling it until I think now I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at bad language and crude things, but you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I wish this. What to do? You're fine, you're fine. Without moving your body, check in and see how it is. It's amazing how you just automatically want to move your body once you become aware of it. Is it not comfortable? Is that what's going on? Is that why we move it immediately? You know? Like, why? Why? You know, tune into your body. Okay. It's like, no, no, no. Let's, let's move it. So, just tune into your body. And just see, is it being held? Because some part of you thinks this is a, a position that's comfortable because you're sitting in this position. But is it true? Is it comfortable? Just listen to your body, huh? Just listen to your body right now. Be present with it. And now if it needs to go into a more comfortable position, then put it into a more comfortable position. Consciously. Take care of it. It's a beautiful self-healing, self managing. doesn't ask for much, you know, it's a beautiful machine. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Oh, this has different volume. So see what your breath is doing. Is it shallow? 
Is it deep? Could it be slower? Are you expanding your lungs at all? So see if you can slow down your breath. See if you can make it a bit deeper. We're just going for a more relaxed state. See if your shoulders are up tight and drop them if they're held. Just drop them. That beautiful body is there for you to use, but it's not you. It's like a glove over what you really are. It's an outward mechanism that helps you to participate, to function and be here. But it's the glove, it's not the hand. And the glove thinks that it has autonomy and it thinks it's deciding what to do and what to pick up and where to go. And it doesn't have a clue. It doesn't have a clue. So in honouring the body, pull your attention a bit more inward. For some it's down, for some it's back. Find your own direction, but we're looking for something a bit deeper than the body that is here sitting on a chair or on the floor right now. A deeper place will be quiet, a bit more quiet. Let your attention fall into there. Drop into the deeper place. These words will come to you when your brain will work out for what they're indicating. Don't reach out to meet them. Let the words come to you when you go down and in, or deep in whatever direction it is for you. If there's agitation, deeper than that is your direction. If your mind is running a story, am I doing this right? Or anything else, go deeper than that. Go to the place of no story. The mind doesn't touch. place of no story, where there's nothing happening, no event. See if you can notice that you are not there experiencing it, but that it kind of just is. 
It might feel spacious, it might feel empty, it might feel still, peaceful, calm, solid, soft. Get to know the flavor of what's deep within mind within you. mind is getting your attention, we're just going to gently go to your mind, just with softness and go deeper, deeper than this. Wherever you land, go deeper than this. Whatever your mind has to say, don't be interested in it. Deeper. Dissolve into the deepest point that you can access right now. Dissolve so that there's no trace of you and a state. Dissolve. It's not really a place the body and the mind pick up kind of the the no they pick up the aroma from it you know they pick up uh, the scent of it and so it feels nice in the body and it feels calm for the mind our brain works in a different way because we're not putting our attention on something external or a thought and that feels nice. But deeper than the feel-good factor that can phenomenally be there, where is your... where is the depth going? If it feels spacious, go deeper than spacious. Because spaciousness is a concept that this work needs you to go deeper than that. And when you're at this level that's called the absolute or pure consciousness, all you can do is remove layers that might still be there, layers of consciousness. It's not about something new appearing, it's about removing whatever shows up. So if it feels spacious, it's like deeper than that. Let spaciousness be gone. 
if there is a sense of being, of presence, let that sense be gone also. Deeper than that. For some it shows up like a outside of all of it. Beyond anything that you can name. Because there's no, no, no phenomenal at all. At all. And it's you as pure consciousness that knows this. It's the pure consciousness, not the phenomenal you. It's pure consciousness. And you as pure consciousness in the recognition. Deeper still. And for some subtle layers show up. For some, you might hit across a layer of holiness or sacredness. Go deeper than that. Not dismissing anything, just going deeper. deeper to where nothing at all can be said. Nothing can be said. I'd like you to leave a small portion of your awareness there. It's not an either-or that when the world plays, you forget about the depth of capital R reality, of what's really going on, like the nothingness that is the substratum of everything. I want you to see if you can leave one foot there and have the other foot engaging in what we talk about at the same time and not feel a conflict. There is no conflict. What's happening here is pure consciousness. Is that nothingness showing up as a person that you call yourself? It's never not pure consciousness that walks around as you, the person. The mind has a way of labeling and imagining that you are the person. And we need that in order to function. 
but it's a functioning ability. It's not the truth of what's going on, and it's not your true nature. Your true nature is that infinite nothingness that's deeper than anything that can show up. But yet, showing up is included within it. Yet it holds the showing up as an individual person. The showing up is a tiny contraction of one thing that it can... One way that it can turn its dial, like a kaleidoscope, looking like there's loads and loads of different patterns. There really aren't. It's just a set of things... It's just, a, it's just the same infinite supply, moving, moving, changing shape, changing form. But the deeper than all of it, that true nature, that true nature, maintain an awareness of it. And your phenomenal world is contained within it, and your phenomenal world is it in a game, in an experience. That's how it does experience. There is no conflict between your spiritual nature and how you show up in the world. But the mind wants to imagine that there is. The part of you that knows the depth of your own true nature, that part of you. Let some of your attention stay there. Stay aware of that so that you're not contracted into imagining that you're an individual person and that's, that's the beginning and end of you. That's just the glove that's over your true nature. And so, when you're ready, I'll be inviting you in a moment to open your eyes. But the readiness is about, could I engage more in what's here by opening my eyes, by checking into my body, and yet not totally leave the awareness of whatever depth was accessed. Can we, can, can you let 10% of your attention there? And can you trust your body and your brain to have enough attention to pull off what you need to do today? Or just what you need to do in the next moment? So, when you feel like, yep, there's access to the, the deepest part, that's pure consciousness able to access that. And the mind recognizes it because it just goes into a natural state of calmness. But it's you as pure consciousness that recognizes the deep part. 
And then there's your brain that needs to crank up a little bit so that it can open your eyes, so that it can engage, so it can communicate, so that it can see what's going on here. Can you do both at the same time? There is no conflict. Don't make conflict. Let's see if you can do it. And so when you open your eyes, let seeing happen rather than labeling. Just seeing. Don't make a story out of things. And if you've already opened your eyes, do you have access to wherever you went during that guided meditation? Do you still have access? Great. Great. Sometimes what happens is that when, when we go in and we access that place, it will push what we need to release false identity, false patterns of thinking and behavior, it will push it right up. Because it's like, we need this stuff out. If we're, if we're hidden back there, there's stuff in the way because it takes our attention, it distracts us, it creates story, and so up it comes. So we end up healing stuff, you know, just to clear the scrub away. Because the access to what you are is all you need. Is all you need. And then the phenomenon you can continue to grow and develop and have experiences, but, but it's kind of a sideshow, you know? It's a sideshow. The real gig in town is the essence of what you are. That's, that's the real gig. And so if resistance comes up, or you want to run out of here, or there's emotion, it's like, ah, okay, I see it, all right, okay. So just let that go now, just let that go. Don't contract, don't contract and pull it in. It's like, okay, I see it, it's okay, we'll let that go now. And stay at the depth. Stay, choose the depth rather than to contract into story. up your hand if you think you can't function in the world while you have conscious access to pure consciousness. If you feel that you, so-so, mm, so-so, okay. The rest of you can? All right. All right, okay, we've got a mix, maybe half-half. All right. And so if the world makes you shut off, eclipse the, the, the awareness of pure consciousness, if it creates that shutdown, all that's happened is that there's a pattern 
of giving all of your attention to a story. That's all. It's the only thing it can be. But all of your attention is like thump. We've shut off pure consciousness because it's more important for me to... This is the gig in town. This story. This thing about me. This is the one. And it's like, mm, 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 mm. okay, that'll run its course and you'll find out it's not the gig in town. It's not at all. It's just another experience, like the next one will be and the next one will be. And by the time we're doing this type of spirituality, it's like, shoot, all the experiences are the same, really. They're just experiences. They'll go on forever. When will I have enough of them? Like, really? Continually want new ones and new ones and new ones and or new problems or new dramas or oh my god. The invitation is to see that that's a trick, that's a loop. Wanting, 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 wanting. Oh, but if I just had you know enough income so I wouldn't really maybe have to work so hard. If I just had you know, someone to wake up against within the morning. And if I, if I just had my, my health sorted out, and if I just knew where I, you know, we really imagine if certain things were in place that then we could go back to pure consciousness. You know, like the, no, it's not about that. It's about believing that having the right relationship with the right job or living in the right place, that you really think that by resolving what the mind is looking for, is going to make it calm down. No, no, no. The mind will find another issue because that's the loop that it's on. That's what it's doing. It's like saying, nah, nah, we, 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 we can't wake up yet, actually, because we're running this one. This one, you got you got to sort out this one first, you know? You watch. You watch. There'll be another one and another one because that's the mechanism that you're supporting. You see? That's the mechanism. It's not about the content of the story. It's about the story-making mechanism. That's the thing you got to spot. What's your drama-making capacity like? Your drama-making mechanism could be, life is really boring. So it's like, okay, is there an emotional story with, with life is really boring? Some of us like drama, and some of us like drama that has a devoid of activity and a devoid of interest, but it's darn boring. And so really spirituality is a way of avoiding it. That's the, other, that's the flip side of it. It's equally the mind is still running the same story, and it's avoiding something. You see? By choosing the spiritual path. You have to see through the mechanism of the mind, so that... You're, you're dropping into pure consciousness is authentic, that you're not hiding, that the mind hasn't fooled you. So that kind of, that level of real honesty inside yourself, real honesty, like what game am I playing now? You know? It's about being that aware of how your own mechanism works. How are you going to transcend the mind if it's fooling you? Like, can't happen. While it's fooling you, that can't happen. So how authentic is your call home to spirit? How authentic is it?
Or is it a band-aid? Or is it cool? Or is, I mean, like, or is there really this, like, this pull to go within, or this knowing that whether I want to or not, I have no choice. I'm going into that knowing. It, the thing is just pulling me in. That's the one I'm looking for, that option. And if that part hasn't cranked up yet, then there's experiences that need to spin out. Because the experiences are, or the phenomenal, your own life has more volume than the calling of pure consciousness. It's just shouting louder, you know? And it's about honoring that too. It's like, actually, I do need to have some experiences. Okay, something isn't ready, something isn't ripe. Okay, have the experiences, just don't forget. Just don't forget. But if the pull to experiences is a distraction, if it's just desire having its way with you, just chalking up another one, see through that one. See through that one. When will you know that you have had enough? How many experiences do you want to have? How many lifetimes do you want to have? How many, like... The mind is insatiable. Desire is insatiable. It, you know, this, the, the wheel, the, what do you call those wheels that hamsters run on? You know those? Oh, hamster wheels. Hamster wheels, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the hamster wheel of desire doesn't slow down and stop. You get off it. You get off it. And you see, oh my God, that mechanism would just, I see you. I see what you're doing. I, I see you. I, I'm, I'm getting off. Like, enough already. Enough. It's just going to, it's going to just go on forever. What do I want that for? Like, so it's that kind of a, a, a divorce I'm inviting you to have, you know, from that part of the mind. It's like, we're done. We're, we're done, like. But only you can decide if you're done or not. Only you can know if, like, no, actually, I, I do have this thing that I need to do in order to honor myself. I, I do need to crank up ambition. I do need to honor this. It's like, all right, is it so strong that you need to kind of forget? Or can you keep 10% on, on the core of your being and then, and then deliver what your personality feels it has to fulfill? So it's about balancing out that for yourself. That's a very individual thing. And we see examples of where that's not honored. You know, if some... Like there's awakening, but they fall back. Or, or, or some bad practice happens because something wasn't finished, wasn't spun out. Or there's no, there's no real wisdom, no real depth of wisdom. You know, it, it shows up like this. And something wasn't quite ripe. 
And it's about knowing that within yourself. It's like, what, 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 what honors this personality? And know that it's not just, I'm on the wheel, I'm on the wheel and I don't see it. Got to get off the wheel. Okay, I see the mechanism of mind. I see it's just experiences. I see how they work. They're just story-making things. Do I have something that has to be done or not? Am I dishonoring something about my own phenomenal life path if I totally get off that now? That's the big question, really. Because if the habit of dishonoring yourself gets activated by taking a spiritual leap that you're not ready for, then the habit of dishonoring is a new hamster wheel. And that will block wisdom, and that will block a deep awakening, and that will become something kind of twisted downriver. You see? You've got to be so honest with yourself. You see? And you feel like, I'm making progress, I'm right back where I started. Oh my God, I really have a clear state. Actually, I'm really working at a very basic thing, and it's like, you know what? That's how it looks. That's really how it looks. It's just all over the map, you know? But you just have to trust that, like, the bigger picture, I know what I'm doing. My commitment is to honor the depth of my own being. That's the bigger picture. And if that's the bigger picture, all right, you're good to go. But no matter how insignificant or silly or stupid a repeated thought seems to be, don't run from it because you might think, oh, I dealt with that years ago. If that's showing up, that's what to look at. That's what to look at. Because the self-honesty is the thing that will see you through the whole map. The whole map. Doesn't matter what somebody else says, it's about you listening inside you. What's authentically going on in this personality? And books and teachers and workshops can help point you. But you are your own teacher. You are the one who's got to navigate. You're the one who's got to listen to what's going on inside you. And pick up a tool, a scripture, a teacher, as you need it. And use the tool and put them down or not. Up to you. But as long as something is useful for you, you use it. But you're the one picking up the tool. You're the one picking up the tool. It makes for a deeper aware, a, a, awakening and it makes for the cultivation of much more wisdom if you are in charge of how you're navigating your spirituality. The other model of following a teacher and, and totally surrendering. Surrender will come in another shape. If it is or is not to a teacher, surrender will come. It will come. But it might not show up towards a teacher or scripture, but there will be a surrender. There will be. And if I was to kind of give an example of a surrender in a, in a secular setting, you know, I'm trying to kind of bridge the worlds here. And... Um, Let me think of an example. It's really 
uh, potent in this example. When you know that as a personality that you're helpless, that you kind of, you can't do it, you can't wake up. It's like, it's like spirit brings you to your knees. You know, and it's like, I'm powerless here. I'm powerless. I can't, I, I'm the problem. I'm, I'm the problem. So that shows up. That shows up when you are your own teacher, your own guide. That's the piece that's not as obvious when you're with a guru. And with the guru, you surrender to the guru. And there's pros and cons to that. But what's absolutely necessary, whether you're with the guru or not with the guru, is that at some point, you become the problem. You become, it's like, um, uh, uh, you, you brought me to my knees. I, you got me. Spirit, you got me. Or God, you got me. Or my own true nature, you got me. Like, I don't know anything, actually. Like, all my efforts. I give up. I give up. And, and that's what surrender looks like. It's, it's a, some version of that is how it's going to show up when you're your own teacher. So that's the only thing that gets lost when, when you're your own teacher. There has to be space for that as opposed to following an external teacher and you're surrendering to the teacher. We've got to transition that into when you're your own teacher. So whichever model is working for you, as long as you're honest and it's right for you, all right, that's the one you go. And you might shift and you might follow a teacher for a while and then you might stop again. And you might go back to the same teacher or another one. Da, 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 da. And somebody that you really dismissed, you end up going back to them. You know, it's bizarre how it rolls. But if you've no plan of how it should be, but you're listening, you've got integrity, you're willing to be truly honest with what you need right now, you stay with what's working for you, there's no reason you, you don't make it. There's no reason. Or I could say there's no reason how you won't get brought to your knees and discover you can't do it. I mean, I can see that too. <laughs> you know? Chester, you have a confused look on your face. Would, would you like the microphone? Yeah. So my problem is, if we're afraid to, to, hold on, I, I just got to put more volume behind you there. Um, I don't have my glasses on. Is there anybody who's able to read this? <laughs> there should be a, a, a volume up here. Yours, that's, that's Chester's one. Is it on now? Oh, yes, that's better. Thank you. Do you hear me now? 
And if we look like in, I'm just thinking of Nisargadatta Maharaj, um, he still put, you know, a wreath of flowers over his guru's picture in the morning. But he said, but I'm, that's devotion to myself. I'm just doing this out of habit. of devotion to myself. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, Swami Anamalai, one of, one of the beautiful teachers from Ramana Maharshi, who ended up teaching a lot of the Westerners in the 90s, Ramana made him not visit him. Mm. You know, he, he told him how to build a house, where to build a house, the side to build, size to build a house. And Anamalai was totally just this beautiful devotee, beautiful. Followed Ramana's own instructions. The house even included, uh, like, what's this big porch for? It's a waste of space. I don't need so much space. But of course, it was to teach down river, you see. Um, when he built the house, Ramana said, okay, you don't visit me, you don't see me. And Ramana had cancer at the time. And of course, everybody was like, oh my God, Ramana is now sick. And do you think he's going to help? Not at all. He's just over there in his own house, meditating, being all holy. And, and Ramana needs our help because he's got cancer. You know, and Anamalai was like, I can't go over to him. Every part of my humanity wants to go over to him, but it's attachment. It's attachment. I can't go. And he never saw him again. You know? Yeah. 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 For myself, like, you know, there's been a few influential teachers along the way. Amma, the hugging mother, was one of Anna Maharshi. Uh, Master Jose, this guy who's kind of off, off the beaten track. And every now and then I can like, oof, I can phenomenally feel the lineage, you know, but I, I, I don't feel I have a lineage. I, 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 I don't know, I, I don't kind of follow that map, you know, I follow my own map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but every now and then I'm like feeling, so they've got my back, somebody's got my back. Or there's one on either side, you know, two of the three. It's like, whoa, all right. So there's a sense of like those energy forms. Is there total obedience to them now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's like, thank you for the support. Thank you. You know. But isn't it true that that the more that the more we become whole, the more that the more the whole infinite organizing power of nature is is that it is what actually has our back. It isn't it isn't an individual anymore how that how that that has our back. It's it's what is what is making all this manifestation yes. actually actually yes. has our back. Exactly. So it's pure consciousness with a glove on it. And the glove looks like Amma or the glove looks like Ramana Maharshi. That's the glove. That's how it looks to my phenomenal energy field. That's how I read the piece of energy that has my back, mm-hmm. humanly. Is it really there? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. That's just the play here. That's just the play. Of course, there's a, there's a wider view that's always there. Always there. Where, and, and the phenomenal story is just a little dot in the middle of this wider view of nothingness. I mean nothing. Yes. And, and nothing going into form and showing up as, as these individuals. But there's no conflict between the two. There's no either or. It's seamless. seamless. Yeah, it's seamless. Okay, thank you. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, Denise and Annie, in whatever order, I think you're asking, yeah. Annie, your hand was up first, yeah. Oh, okay. So, I'm familiar with the, um, 
guru-disciple relationship. And to me, there, it, so this is just purely to appease the mind in a way, to have the outer guru. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but... It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful... Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I have total gratitude. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is, there did, it does feel like there's orthodoxy around it to some degree. The, the Indian model, there's orthodoxy. And I guess that's just a human thing that happens over time, that the tradition of guru-disciple, the orthodoxy develops. People that seem to feel that if you leave, you're kind of going into a danger zone. Depends on why you leave, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Depends it totally depends on why you leave. Absolutely. Because there is a refuge. Yes. There is a refuge. Yes. Yes. And so there can be avoidance. Yes. And, you know, behind the label of refuge, right. look at all yeah. the dysfunction. Right. And the brokenness that can be there. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so really, in the final analysis, it's a sort of a mental rendition, obviously, because I'm speaking, but your guru becomes pure consciousness. That's really, you're bowing to pure consciousness. Yes, yes. So, because you can't see it in yourself yet. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it's not that you leave. I don't think, it, I don't know if there's a leaving so much as just a recognition or shifting that takes place or... An attachment has to be broken. Right. And there will be, when there's devotion, there's attachment. Right, exactly. There is, you know, there's a relationship. Because there's you know? two. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. But I think from a true guru, there's a recognition that there's a maturation going on. And this is, you know, because I think sometimes students will feel like, oh, it's wrong, or it's, I'm going against the guru, or I'm, you know, I'm... To leave? To leave, yeah. That that's not allowed. It, 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 well, it depends, you see. If, yeah. if, if something is, is immature, and I don't right. mean it in a judgmental way, right, it's just right. the easiest word that's coming right now. If something is immature, it's going to see the guru as a parent, right. and you the child. Yes. And so then it's about obeying. Yes. It's about obedience. Because obedience is very strong. You see? Like it, it is when there's a child-parent relationship yes. going yeah. on. Yes. But, but when it's a bit healthier, yeah. there can be obedience simply as a way of surrendering yes. and dissolving personal will. Yeah. It might look the same. Yes. But only inside yes, does, does the disciple know right. uh, this person is, is my surrogate parent or this guru right. is my surrogate parent or this, this guru is throttling my yeah. sense of personal will. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. say yes to this. Yeah. You yeah. see? Looks the same. But right. which is it? Only you know yourself. Right. right. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to encourage you to right. know yourself what's right. going on for you. Because in the latter case, there's total integrity and honesty. Yeah. And you are really doing it out of yes. that longing to yes. abide in the truth. I know it's not yes. abidance, but you know. Yes. It's a momentum, it's a feeling. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I've been sure. sort of going about, you know, not terribly clear, but that helps. So sure. You. Every little bit dials it another bit. Yes. There you go. Thank sure. you. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, you got to bring it right Um So thank you for the meditation. That was incredible. And I've always had the ability to go really deep. Yeah. And and can experience that and remember that. And what I didn't realize until you did the meditation this morning is I had this story going on when you said leave a part of you in this awareness. I had this incredible fear come up. 
of you will no longer me. I would because before when I've done it in other lifetimes, I've either dropped my form or I've gone into samadhi where I can't function, and and that's probably the most recent one. So I, you know, I know what that's like. Yeah. So I had this fear come up as like, oh, you, you won't be able to function. You can't, won't talk. You won't like what? Right. And so this whole thing came up, and as you talked through, I wasn't. You know, your words, I heard your words, but they were kind of flowing through me. It was just this release and this gratitude of allowing myself, giving myself permission, saying it's okay. And it, it, re it really stuck, which was the first time, I think in any of my lifetimes, that that actually is coming forward to exist and function in the planet versus <laughs> physically leave or you know, go sit in a cave somewhere. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, yeah. So the practice will be, and the awareness for me is to allow that to integrate and settle in and keep that, you know, awareness there so the mind doesn't once again come in, grab it, and kind yes. of create a, a new story around it. Yes, it, it, it will. Is. Yeah, and it's okay. And yes. It, you know, it, it's part of the un unraveling. That's right. Um, so I just, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, you're very much. So much because it was really um, profound and perfect, is what Chester shared into that because I was kind of in the same, you know, swimming, questioning it too. So thank yes. you. Amazing. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Microphone needed any place else right now? Phenomenal wholeness. Thanks, Annie. <laughs> I'm going to put it on the cushion. What am I going to do with this? Okay. Phenomenal wholeness. Is your personality whole enough? Like, do you feel healed enough? Just, just do an audit in yourself. You know? Do you feel like? Things are resolved, what needs to be resolved and what isn't going to get resolved, you can let it go. Is it whole? Are you whole enough? If you can recognize no, that's great. I just want you to recognize what's appropriate for you. And you might be saying, yeah, actually, I, I think I am. Like, and in a month's time, it could be like, oh my God, I'm so not there. And that's how it rolls, no? That's, that's how it rolls. Life... It, you know, the goal is the journey, you know, <laughs> the destination is the journey, or some, I don't know how they play with those words, but it, it will constantly be refining, you'll always be refining, but the thing is, do you recognize that you're pure consciousness, and then you can refine the personality, and you can refine the individual, but you recognize that it's pure, the wider vista is not lost while you're healing and, and resolving things for the individual, that's, that's where we're heading, you see, but if you're, if you're very identified with the pain body, and if you really do believe that you are your body, well, any bit of brokenness is going to take all of you. It, it'll, it'll shut out the, the depth of reality, capital R reality. And sometimes that's needed. Sometimes grief needs to... Grief? Hmm. Funny how I mentioned grief. Sometimes a deep pain, for example, grief, needs to take all of you. Sometimes you can be avoiding healing yourself by keeping one foot in 
capital R reality. You see? Because you're actually scared of going into your pain body. There's another subtle one. Spiritual bypassing. Yeah, it's bypassing. Uh huh. It's spiritual bypassing. Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. So, if if you know it's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I've got stuff I need to heal, great. Make a commitment to yourself to go and get help and support to bridge that for you into wholeness. Or if you do feel, it's like, yeah, actually, I, I'm okay. I, I could kind of die tomorrow and I, I think I would have closure. Would anything bring me back to sort out something? That's a way to check it out. Is there anything that would bring you back to sort out something? It's just one way to kind of find, uh, there's a little bit of a stone in my shoe. It's not quite clean and clear. You know, for you to find that out. What is it? What is it? What's undone? And that would be the thing that would be pulling your attention instead of dissolving into the truth. It's going to pull your attention. When it comes up, it's like, whoa! I can yank you into the phenomenal world and into story, into experience. That'll do it. Yes, Susan. You gotta bring the mic right up to. Is this okay? Yeah, okay. When you said that, if I were to die tomorrow, is there any stuff? My first answer was no. Yes. Fine. You you had me write some letters of closure, which I did. Oh yes. They worked very well. Probably not completely with my husband. Um, he's getting worse and worse. He's very immobile. It takes complete care, really. And we have care, but we're thinking of long-term care. And, um, so I think there's just a little bit left to... There's attachment. Okay. There's attachment to a lifetime with one person. Yes. And there's an attachment to wanting to do things well, and I just keep losing it. I, I you know, I get so impatient. I just, and, and so I keep thinking, well, I've got to, I've got to do better, but I'm really getting burned out. Yeah, it's exhaustion, it's yeah. I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah. 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 So, I'm not quite sure what my question is. I guess there's attachment to wanting to do things well, and there's an attachment to him, except it's, it's, it's spinning a lot. Is an attachment, there's a wanting to do what's the best for, for, for this person. Yeah. I wonder is there something running underneath all of that which has to do with not honoring Susan enough? Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's that, am I honoring me enough? Am I? Yeah, that's there's the a question. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the yeah. thread that I think is flowing underneath all of those four things. Okay. It's like, uh, you're dishonoring yourself. Are you uh, okay. standing up for like, no, I, I can't do this. Okay. With no emotional contact, with no guilt, with no nothing. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I no, yeah. I'm not able to do this anymore. Yeah. And how much of a depletion has to happen in your body, in your mind, for yourself in order for you to find the line mm-hmm. of where you'd say, I cannot do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. That's it. 
So it's your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your, your love for Susan. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is expected of Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Although that, yeah. that's spinning a lot too. Yeah. I, I, I know that I have to, you know, I know that it's important to honor myself. I think there's a tendency not to do that and so that keeps me going. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's it's you know tra- traditionally it's it's a female thing mm-hmm. that we some part of it is wired to, to take care of others before ourselves mm-hmm. you know and, and that works very well for children and dependence mm-hmm. you know but when they are adult dependents you're 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 not thirty which is the ideal mm-hmm. age of having kids. You see, okay. it kicks in again. Yeah, you see, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It kicks in again. Yeah, it kicks in again, and I've been told, you know, that, that we've been, you know, I've been a mother to this person before. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah indeed, indeed, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But there's a greater spiritual learning for you to know. Actually, no, my parenting is done. I finished with that like 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and and this this isn't my child. And care needs to happen here, and it happens to myself first, out mm-hmm. of love for the whole unit, not out of anything else. But it has to come from love, total mm-hmm. love. Okay, that's that feels difficult to me. Yes. So it's one thing to be loving, mm-hmm. but it has it has to start with consciousness loving the manifestation that shows up as Susan, mm-hmm. the love that that makes that form breathe every day. Mm-hmm. That's love, mm-hmm. and somehow the mind has like, nope, we we, we got to send that out. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, no, it does got to be authentic self love, respect, yeah. honor for this mm-hmm. being, and from there. Now, an immature mind will read that as being selfish and self-centered, and that's not what I'm talking about at all. Mm-hmm. No, I don't see it as self-centered. Yeah. No, I know but you don't, but yeah. I'm just... No, I'm just trying yeah. to sort that out. Yeah. But there's something about survival. If, if, if we're going to survive, if the family's going to survive, there's some loop there that I've got to... I can't think about... I've, I've got to put my attention on taking care of all the things... Oh, yes. Yeah. I can the feel pets and the, Oh, that's right. And, and, the, <laughs> and so I get into a survival mode, which I think I was in with my husband for years and years. Yeah. That's where he went. So yeah. I got along Yeah. Yeah. I can feel it coming from another time as well, Susan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strong. It's, it's very strong. strong. It's so there's strong. fear. I, I can't afford to think about myself. I mean, I don't. No, can't I do all the because, time, but because you are the only one who can save the whole the whole thing. tribe. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole package. The whole mm-hmm. package is under threat, and you're the one who can who, who can. There's a threat. There's a threat. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. I see. It. Yeah, I see too. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. and I can see the odd person just nodding. It's like they're picking up the same thread where we're going into, you know, into the the ethers. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you gotta get rid of it. Somehow. That's right. It's like it's like okay, we're bringing it in to to, to this consciousness so uh-huh. that the 
the motivation, the hard-earned lesson from another time that's bleeding in here and showed up and ran its course in this life. Mm-hmm. So, so by talking about it and seeing it, it's like, oh, it's exposed itself. Mm. It's exposed itself. And it's run its course because it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is beautiful. It's like when things stop working. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's now the dysfunction. And every tool becomes the dysfunction, becomes the thing that holds us. Like the guru. The mm-hmm. guru ends up becoming the problem yeah. at some point. You know, probably yeah. too strong a word, but it, the attachment to the guru becomes the problem. Right. You but see? it's such a strong habit. So now I'm thinking I've got to find a way to break the habit. It's more... Mm, It's more on a subtle layer of recognizing that that was of its time, and that comes from trauma. It's a trauma imprint of a huge threat, and and you were the one to to, to save everybody, and you knew it was up to you. Mm -hmm. And the, the opposite is untenable. If you didn't take action, you would never have survived it, mm-hmm. living that down. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the horror of that, yeah. you're feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the horror of that is, is yeah. Is, yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just stay with it for a second, because the more we can pull all that thread into the present Yes, it's just there, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it has to do with war or something. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's what happens if I let go. What happens if I let go? And I'm not on the watch. I'm not just mm-hmm. alert. I'm not at the ready mm-hmm. to save. And what if another threat comes? Mm-hmm. Here's the surrender. Here's the letting go. Here's the trust in pure consciousness. So reminding. Reminding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the glove is imagining it must be on high alert. And as a result, your nervous system has been on high alert. My nervous system is shot. Oh, of course. It would have to be, Susan. It would have to be. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in a zone of, of like, um, warlike conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that has charged your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. It's like let's let, we're we're making it bigger and bringing it here so that it loses its potency. This is the releasing of it. It's like let it swell and it can just dissolve its contraction because every piece of trauma is a contraction, and we're we're expanding it. I'm, try- I'm having to give it over to you and trust you on this. Yeah. Because I don't think I can do this myself. I really don't. That's fine. It's, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're riding with it. I think we're yeah. at it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not active in this process right now. That's, That's fine. Not- That's totally fine. 
by being not active, you well, are. I just have to trust. Yeah. That's but it. I don't, think I, can, I don't think I can take the step. Right absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because the step you would take would be to reinforce the old pattern. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just getting so back you can't on the bus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so just being floppy and passive and letting somebody else fight the battle for you. That's the experience your system doesn't know. Let someone else manage the threat. Let pure consciousness manage the threat. And if it needs to be Jack in the interim for your brain, then let it be Jack. Okay. I know it's pure consciousness. Something else is holding all of this. You don't have to keep everybody safe anymore. It's done. It's done. Let yourself be the helpless one. And you'll find that there's no threat. Okay, I'm telling myself to trust and that's even too much. That's even too much, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we've got to dial it down again. Yeah. It's be helpless. Okay. Yeah, be one of the recipients. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling you you, you, you you wanted the limelight away from you a little bit prematurely. <laughs> yeah, which is another part of it. It's like, no, 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 here's the pattern again. Here's yeah. the pattern again. I've had enough attention now. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 that's the pattern. I'm not letting it. I'm not letting it continue. <laughs> It's subtle stuff, huh? Yeah. See what it does, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. Taking up this whole... Yes. Take up all the space. <laughs> yes. Let's sit with Susan until five. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I might lose all my support. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens, huh? It's the fear of it. Like we saw last night. It was the fear of something rather than actually what happens yeah. is what mind's ha mind hangs on to. Yeah. Yeah. Our action is determined by the thought of something, not by actually the reality of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. There is no threat. Yeah, it's a hard one, yeah. Mm -hmm. There actually is no threat. It's the memory of a threat. It's the memory of another time. And aligning with somebody else who felt that there was a threat. And it's some way that oh, had to be balanced out. <laughs> so good at that. Yeah. Oh, husband, everything was a threat. Yeah. 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 It had he to took get... such good care. He took such good care as a result. Yes. So I kind of sure. didn't make I didn't realise Of how course. Much I was of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there's a silver lining to that yeah. kind of, um, yeah. you know, tenacity or yeah. attention to detail. And yeah. There's, yeah, there's a silver lining, of course, yeah. but but it's run its course now. Yeah. The silver lining is there for you to enjoy, but the entire pattern has to go now. The surrender has to be at a very much deeper level. So it's about listening to where's the authentic limit 
that honors Susan? Uh-huh. Where's the limit for her? Yeah. And 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 how how do we even find where that limit right. is? Right. That's been my question. Yeah. That's been that's what's going on all the time for me. Like, what does this mean? Yeah. 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 But as long as your nervous system is is you know just acting out from the memory of a threat, this potential threat, as long as that seed from the past is still there, that's going to override you listening to what the real needs are. That's what it's doing, it's overriding. Okay. Now I see I see what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. yeah. I think I need to sit with it. Yeah, yeah I'm happier it. now. Yeah. It's like there's enough pieces there now for it to cook for a little bit. Yeah. Super. Good. Yeah. Hi, Tony. Hey. So, um, just one thing I want to say is that the younger generation has your back. <laughs> Seriously, like, like if you were helpless, if you're like, it's you're taken care of. Oh, you are, nice. and you know that. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. I um, I was interested when you were asking about um, like, are you healed enough? Yes. Yeah. And so a few years ago, if you had asked me that, there would have been definitely no. Yes. Um, and now, I, I'm not sure. Now it's like, I think there's been enough healing to, like, well, I remember the conversation. Is that good? I remember a conversation maybe a year ago with you, and um, you were talking about this pattern of, sort of creating stories of being unloved or unlovable and sort of feeling that and then creating more stories and the whole thing was kind of exhausting. And then I I think I got something from that and I think I'm not doing that so much. Yes. You know. Yes. Um and there are definitely thoughts that come up of unlovability or defectiveness or things like that. That happens. Um and it, you know, it doesn't feel good. And there's sort of a, there can be sort of a moving away from that. It's okay, well, I don't want to think about that. I don't think about something else, you know. Um, so I don't know, you know, I think some of that's avoidance, maybe. Um, it's kind of like I'm not sure what my relationship should be to the unhealed parts of me. Like, how... It's, it's a little different now, um, and and there's not wanting to go into it as much, and there's also some concern that that might be avoidance. Yeah, it's tricky, that isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think each of us has has to learn that skill ourselves around how to discern what, what when when we need to heal something, when we can do it ourselves, when we need help with it. Or when it's a pattern that just needs to be let go. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Um, Yeah, maybe it's feeling into it enough to be able to make that call. 
you know, if there's a tendency to fall back, then maybe try not to pull back too prematurely. Yes. 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 And swapping out one part for another, it works in the immediate, but the other part is sitting waiting for you for some. Right. It's waiting. Right. It's waiting. The relationship to the one who has some cracked parts as opposed to broken parts, you know? Because we all have that. We're all, we're all kind of, you know, looking at blind spots. You know, that continues forever. It's like, oh, that's another blind spot, you know? And uh, life does that. Life will just, will just show, show us things that, that, that could be better. We could be more in our humanity, better people, you know? And that's a beautiful thing. It's a natural evolution that continues always. If there is love towards that one, Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. There just needs to be love, not pity, not judgment, but genuine, authentic love. It's like, hey, oh, sweetie, I see you. I see you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, which is kind of it feels a little bit full circle because I definitely had tuned into that. You know what it was like to have love for those parts, but it got exhausting the way I was doing it before. You know, but this is sort of simple, just sort of staying in love. Yes. And then being with whatever needs love. That's right. Because the brokenness is just the absence of love. You know, it might be tangled and understanding and insights and patterns need to be revealed, but at the end of the day, it's love is what will heal it. Mm -hmm. So if you can anchor into love and come from there, fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Without the drama. Just authentic, clean love holding the space for yourself. I mean, I wouldn't mind just being in love all the time, really. Yeah. <laughs> then I, then I, I hear kind of um, the, that the personality would like to make it something, make yeah. it an experience. You know, it, it normalizes that there's love there all the time, rather than being in love all the time. It's like there's love there all the time. Yeah, but the, the thing is that I'm not tuned into it all the time. That's right. But wouldn't it be exhausting to be tuned into something all the time? Um, I suppose we develop habits so that so that we're so that you know we're we're aware of the bigger picture, the wider view, and then we can see the the me life within that. And there's a softness when we have that capacity to move between. Mr. Gadatha called it love and wisdom, I think. Yes. If we, we can move between the, the glove and what's behind the glove, and you smoothly, there's no flip-flopping, there's no turning off, there's no eclipsing of one and the other. You move smoothly between one and the other. The glove is the personality? Yeah, it's the outward manifestation of what's deeper than thought. Mm-hmm. You see? So it's, it's on top of something, you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so... Because by virtue of lining up like that, there is love. It's like it's automatically the flow. It's the fluidity that makes that possible to move between the two. And it feels like an openness, a softness, something is relaxed on the inside. Is your attention on it? No. But it becomes like a way of being. So it's more subtle and it kind of shows up as a consequence. Of, of being able to have the wider view as well as phenomenally play out your story at the same time. It's the consequence. But when we're on the way, yeah, of course, we're like, God, I could just tune into love here. And it's like, yeah, but that's quite, not quite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see? The difference. Yeah. 
And by, by wider view, are you talking about something like, you know, the 10% of awareness and pure consciousness? Yes. 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 Okay. During the, um, like the initial meditation, and actually this happens to me a lot, and my thought, my mind wanders a lot, yeah. you know, and... Not sure what I'm trying to tell you. I it just it, you know, just like problems, just like things that you know, snow tires, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Good advice, actually. We don't have one in us, but. So, if I reflect on my experience of that meditation, yeah, I think I was able to touch into it, right? But there's some doubts, yeah, you know, and it's it's and it's sort of, there's some impatience with myself about the fact that I couldn't just like pay attention, right? You know, um, right. so there's like this the, the, the thoughts and then the judgment of the thoughts and then so you know this whole thing's a little messy, yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I guess part of me is bringing up because it's like, well, maybe I don't fully get it, and, but what are you going to really say that's going to make me fully get it? You know, I don't know. It's the idea that you don't fully get it is the problem. Mm. You do know your true nature. You do know. I'm just reminding your mind. <laughs> do you know? You, you do know it. You do. You do. I, I had an energetic look at you during during it. Actually, for some reason, I was drawn to you and nobody else to see. Miss Tony accessed it, and for me, it felt yes. That's good. Yeah. When I looked at you, I was just like, "Whoops, what's going on there?" Yeah. I used to be very attached to getting it. Yeah. Um, sure. Like an enlightenment and. Yeah. So I think there might be some. They still have some fears about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, that's that. That will just die out, you know. And age actually knocks out that too. Uh We get a bit more mellow, and we're like, hey, it's just right. Yeah. You know. We do as we get older, you know. Hmm. Into submission, yeah, 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 really, really, yeah, the exuberance of the like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's like, hey, you know, like it's gonna ride the way it's gonna ride. I'll do my bit, and there's there's a whole plethora of other things going on, and just a tiny dot in this huge matrix of, I don't know, awakening or evolution or pure consciousness showing up and. There are certain things I can do, and then there are certain things I can't do anything about. Uh-huh. And it's about giving into that. That's yeah. the submission, you know? Yeah, and maybe, you know, I get it whatever level I can get it. And yeah. Why would I, like, create another layer of suffering? Exactly. About that? To yeah. make an issue about that is yeah. completely superfluous. To, like, that doesn't make any difference except make you suffer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. You can just do your part, and there's a whole team, you know, of energetics and destiny and. There's a whole lot of things that play there, you know? Yeah. 
the the mind drifting off like that. I mean, you know, you can, as you said, it didn't feel like you were kind of stuck on anything. It's just it's just a monkey mind, you know. It's just like the to do list and just just jumping around the place because it doesn't stay focused on something. And, you know, you can do exercises to. There are apps for you to focus. You know, just to get more attention focused. You can do that. Like it's sort of a, a long-held habit. It's like you know, I think about school, and I, I was pretty okay at school, but I, I did wander a lot. I got, yeah, that was, was a hard thing for me was pay attention in class. And um, what was I going to say with that? But it's like a lot of the thoughts have to do with improving my life, actually. Right. You know, and, yeah. and so if whatever that person, whether it's you or the teacher, whatever they're saying, like if it has something for me, and but if I'm not sure, then oh, I can think about stuff that'll improve yes. my life. Yes. You know? That's that's kind of the thing. yes. That's where yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So can you see that that's a hamster wheel? Yeah. Right. So sometimes you get caught in the content, and sometimes don't get caught in the content. Uh-huh. Just go, oh, there I go again, you know, uh-huh. fantasizing around what will make it better. But it's just desire, just feeling desire. Mm-hmm. So if there's a knowing of what the hamster wheel is, you're halfway out of it. Mm-hmm. Because then there's no judgment of it, you're just recognizing, yeah, that's what my mind does when it's idling, you know? It's just idling, mm-hmm. you know? That's all right. That's all right. I mean, the ideal idling is to, to, is to repeat something, like a mantra, yeah. a sacred sound. That's yeah. the ideal idling, because the mind does want to idle, you know, like a car ticking over, you know, you know, it's not really going anywhere, it's not really doing anything, it's just on. Yeah. It's just on. I found myself singing the Namo Namo from the song, ah. which was nice, you know, yeah. it, a, it yeah. got me away from the, whatever, the stuff I was thinking about. It and does. Then, and then it sort of helped me just be with what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the spiritual recommendation, is to, is to stay with the mantra, softly. Uh-huh. Softly stay with the mantra rather than the the, the the desire hamster wheel. That's good. You know, that's the recommendation, and it does actually pull in the next idea, next idea, next. It does pull in that speedy fantasy thing. Yeah. It does pull in. It mightn't be as juicy, but that's when desire has you, is because the fantasies are juicy. Now, now you're running the hamster wheel. Do you see? Do you see the layers of it? Yes. Great. So it's like, all right, there's that content, I can get juice out of it, and like, oh, I have to run a mantra instead. And it's like, if, if, you, know, <laughs> you know, if it's like, oh, okay, if I'm feeling hard done by, whoa, my ego's up, my ego's up now. Now desire is convincing me that this is better than that, which it's not. But it's you know, not. This, and it's probably not. And, yeah. it, and like that, what, what we're calling juicy is actually like, it's, you know, it's enervating. You know, yes. it's like, you know, yes. I don't like the feeling of it, actually. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, that's where we're kind of getting to the end of it. Something that worked for a while is becoming the problem. Mm-hmm. I love when I see that happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, yep, that's falling away. That's beginning to fall away. Yeah. yeah. Good. Thank you. Good. Sure. Will we go with Eileen just before we scoot across, just from the microphone perspective? It's okay to go there. It's just that it's easier, it's right? Easier yeah, sure. It's just... Okay. Is it good? Yeah. So... Um, I'm just going to piggyback on some of this. It's just coming up. So they, I feel that um, pure consciousness basically pushed me out of my work, which I'm so grateful. 
Um, the time was done. It was sort of what you were saying to Susan. I didn't know when the limit was, Yeah, but I had overdone the limit. I yes. had been there 30 years. I was getting in trouble for the last like year and a half. And um, yeah, and I've been there for 30 years, not gotten in trouble that yeah. much, right? <laughs> but it was, I really saw it as such a great gift because it was the option to retire. Yeah. And I said, I'll take that, I'll do that. It was like door number one and all the balloons came out. It was like, yes, you picked the right choice. So as of um, January 1st, I'll be retired and I, I'm not working since the end of October because I'm getting paid for all my yeah. accumulated leave and everything. So it became a very abrupt thing. Like people didn't even know what happened to me. Right. It was like ascension, right? It was just, there I am and there I'm not there. And where did she go? Um, and from, from this one's perspective, it, it's, been a, it's been about three weeks now and it's been a little <coughs> bumpy um, because I realized how much the tempo of this being has been going in that hamster wheel with consciousness. I've been aware of the consciousness behind it, but I was chronically exhausted. Yeah. You know, between that and dancing and the horses and yeah. my life, yeah. it was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, it feel, so I feel as if I want to kind of check this out with you, you know, that I feel like you're going to say, yeah, that's it, but it, it, I feel very strongly that at least the next two months, and who knows how long, it doesn't even matter, is, um, is a process of, like, reclaiming the scattered parts of me, because they have been fragmented in so many places, um, and gathering my energy, recuperating, regrouping, um, from an energy standpoint, <clears throat> I kind of refer to the pure consciousness for me, it, it feels like a river, you know, the river of life, whatever we call this thing, but it flows, um, that's mm -hmm. when you were talking to Tony about like the glove and the hand, it, to me the river is the fluidity that allows those to like, okay, go glide onto, on each other, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's when the ability for me to shift lenses yeah. that I worked with you on, <coughs> it's the river. It's like there's a fluidity that shifts the lenses for me. Yeah. And since um, the retirement occurred, or the freedom, it felt like being let out of a prisoner of war camp or something. I mean, really. Yeah. It's like 30 years of being medical, 36 years if I count private practice. And I don't care if I ever do that again. It's like complete, it's done. It's done. <laughs> I do not, if, it ha if it's happening somehow, okay, but I don't yeah. feel any yeah. uncompleteness with it. Yeah. But it feels that when that decision was made, and it had to be made by me because based on HR and legality, they're not allowed to recommend I retire, but I don't know this, they all talk in code, so I'm just like... <laughs> trying to figure the code out and when I got it right it was like yeah door number one you know yeah. but I had to come up with it I said why don't I just retire yes that's a great idea yeah fantastic I got you like you're all laughing
mind, but it was crazy. Yeah. I, I said, what are you telling me? Like, tell me this better. Like, I don't know what you're telling me. <laughs> really, it was crazy. But the, the energetic feeling of it is that I've always kind of been aware of the river and even aware that the river was what was getting me in trouble. The patterns that were getting triggered by consciousness were all purposeful. You know, me doing certain things that, it, because otherwise I would never have gotten out of there. I would yeah. have just kept staying there. Yeah. It was like the yeah, routine. But once I made that decision and said it, um, very quickly, within, I would say, three to six hours, it was as if the, the river quality I experienced in my world, suddenly I went scuba diving. And it's like someone put a weight belt on and I went like submerged. And I am, and now my experience is that I can't think hardly. Um, it's, it's not like samadhi, but it kind of is. It, it, you know, it's not the degree of that. I have little memory, little, and I don't really care. Like, there's ways to find it. People can look it up. Like, I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. Um, I can't communicate, you know, very well. Uh, although I'm doing pretty good right now. <laughs> but, it, you know, names of things, yeah. um, data. Um, and this isn't an issue. I, I just am, like, wanting to tell yeah. you because you get yeah. that. Um, yeah. But it's like everything is shifting to the way it is when I'm submerged in that river. You know, that, that the, the flow, the, I don't know, people have asked me, you know, what do you do? How are you? And it's like every day I just sort of do whatever shows up to do. Yeah, it, it doesn't, yeah. like a lot of it has to do with kind of organizing my house. Sure. Um, planting, taking all these things of 30 years in these office in these offices, yeah. and um, reacclimating them to my real home. Yes. Um, and I realize how <clears throat> I've survived and I've done pretty well, but the animals in my life, the plants, you know, all those mm -hmm. parts out there of this one were not thriving. Yes. They were not dying, but they were, they didn't have my, I didn't have the energy of course. for it. Of course. They just got a little part of you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, my main concern when I did the retirement thing, what the, the overall feeling was jubilation. It was like, I'm free. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I'm so free. And the only concern was that I would have enough finances to dance, and dancing is right up there, it's still there, it's like right in the flow of it all, um, and it feels fine, like it doesn't feel like that's a worry or a concern, um, and that that's just going to be sort of part of what still plays out, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. Um, I'm really glad you haven't replaced work with something else. You know? uh -uh. Um, it's going to take you six, seven months to actually really stop the fan whirring, even though you've plugged it out from the wall. Right. It's gotcha. 
your own tempo after the six or seven months, your authentic rhythm can then start to show up. So <laughs> I will yeah. definitely not remember. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So six to seven months of literally just winding ceiling down, fan. ceiling fan. It's exactly. Stopping. It's yeah. like we've turned off the switch, but the thing is just still influenced by the tempo that you've had for your whole working life. Right. After that, it would be interesting to see God. What, I've discovered I, I drive like Mr. Magoo really slow, actually. Or, I, you know, uh, this is what I do. Oh, so something in your own rhythm would start to, your own lifestyle would start to formulate after that. Mm-hmm. The one that really supports Eileen, that's not externally driven because of life and the way requirements right. are from us or made of us and that kind of stuff. You see? I'm, I'm aware that it has significantly shifted. Like, yeah. like yeah. I get it that the ceiling fan is still spinning, yeah. but I can feel so much that the power to the ceiling fan is off. That's right. It's off. So That's it's right. a whole different That's vibration. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And much so less. That six or seven months, huge exhaustion. Huge exhaustion. Mm. Okay. Rest, 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 and rest some more. Huge exhaustion on every level. Rest. Okay. Rest. Lie on the sofa. Move from the bed to the sofa. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's like just rest. It's like, God, I need, I need to rest again in the afternoon. Oh, my God, I went for a nap in the afternoon. I'd love to see deep, deep healing rest happening. Okay. I think, too, I, and this is from before work. This is from childhood. Um, I learned how to ignore my body. Yeah. And dancing helped that too. So everything is like disconnect. Like I'm doing this. It doesn't yeah. matter if it hurts. Yeah. I'm doing this. So I've turned off like being hungry. Yeah. Um, being tired for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, that will reintegrate. It will. It will. But it's it's going to take the dialing down and the forgetting of the old program for six or seven months, and then you know late spring. All right, okay. Something will pick you up again. The flow will pick you up and it'll be a different river. Oh, wow. Do you know? Okay. And, and, and you'll have, oh, oh, and you'll discover all new things about yourself. Huh. You know? Well, God, this actually, I don't like doing this and I thought I did. Even your taste of food might shift a bit. Uh-huh. You know, and some new capacity to listen to what's organically supportive for Eileen. You start being able to hear it. Okay. But we need time. Yeah. You know, and it'll be interesting. It's like, okay, that, that will be, now the new life can, can start cranking up, but not until next spring, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Like, this is fine. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this isn't tiring, yeah. but. Rest. Yeah. Rest, rest. Watch movies. Just yeah. Oh, slide. yeah. Veg. I'm pretty good at vegging. Yeah. I am yeah. pretty good at that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Really, really. Uh, and if there's like, oh, my God, is there something wrong with me? Is my immune system? What, what's going on here? I've no energy at all. It's like, yeah, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that. I'm just flat, flatlining, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I can still dancing. Dancing sure. doesn't feel. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's a different thing. It's, yeah. it's the momentum from work is what I want to completely right. get your system out of it so that we don't carry any of that momentum 
into the next. Right. It's really got to stop and it will stop with rest because the rest will release the, the patterning yes. of the old. Right, even pre-work. I mean, I've worked since I'm 16, but it's yeah. even taking care of my... Yes, of parents, course, you know, of the course. Whole thing. Of course, something was there to bring you into that type of work. Right. You know, it was already cranking up. So, so the new river is unknown to you, but it's the one that's authentic oh, yeah. to Eileen. That's yeah. the thing. You see? I'm, I feel really good about it. Like yeah. I have like yeah. fragrances of it. You yeah. know, I feel yeah. it bubbling. Yeah. And um, yeah. I feel like it's my best. It'll be the best part of this life yet. Yeah. Like it's oh, for the sure. earned oh, part for sure. of this life. Like the blooming will, ha you know, even That's Denise, right. when we were in Scotland, um, after we stopped the silence, and I thought about her so many times. Denise said to me, I didn't even know her, you know, she. She came up to me and just said, you know what, you, your life is going to be completely different in two years. You won't even recognize it. Yeah. Um, I looked at her, it was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then um, when I saw her here, I said, you know what, I think it's less than two years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like it happened Beautiful. already. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Good. It's Excellent. Good. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. We need to go over here. Can, we, we, we're going to take a tea break. Okay. Okay. So I um, went back to my um, room last night and I thought, okay, so. Oh. Um, I went back to my room last night and I thought, okay, I need to, I want to focus on what my story is. And there's a number of stories being played out. Uh, and I feel that I'm aware of a lot of them, maybe not all of them. Um, and there's one in particular that we spoke about briefly. And that's the story of Thea. Fear Thea. Thea um, that's been running my life, my entire life. Um, and I feel like I've really set myself up for a no-win situation. Um, and, I'm, and I've been working on this since I talked to you. And it's still, it's still there, pretty strong. Um, okay, so... Yeah. Um, and I thought about this last night thinking... Should I bring this up? Is it not appropriate? I'm always afraid that I'm going to... Um, maybe it's not the time to be talking about this, and it's the fear of darkness. And it's okay, right, to talk about this? Yes. 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 Okay. Um, I'm just afraid I'm going to taint people's minds. <laughs> I don't want to instill fear in anyone. Um, we hear you. It's okay. It's okay. And everybody's responsible for their own... Yeah, sounds okay. Um, so I've been asking myself, why can't I drop this when I know it's just a story? And I, when I hear other people's stories or see people around me in everyday life acting out their stories, it just seems so clear from my perspective. But <laughs> this particular story feels like 
there's a tiger in my presence that is about to destroy me. Um, and there has been physical consequences with this story. Like, it's not all in the mind. I have literally been attacked. So, I would love <laughs> to be able to go to bed at night and feel safe. Um, so I've asked myself the question, what do I need to let go of the story? And I do have the belief that this darkness that seems to be within and without is part of the story. It's not real. I've had enough experiences with the sacred, the oneness, to feel pretty solid with there's only one. Okay? And yet, there's, because of the physical evidence that this darkness produces, it to surrender to the oneness that I'm not even sure the oneness has my back. That's what it feels like. And I know that's part of my story. Yes. As a child being, um, you know, abused the way I was, I get that. I get that. But also my experiences with a deep sense of oneness, like in moments of awakening, where I feel like the oneness is literally looking through my eyes and it's an incredible, powerful energy. <clears throat> um, I don't necessarily feel a sense of love when I have some of these experiences. It just is this incredible, powerful energy that just is. There's nothing else. I mean, it's like this emptiness. It's not a frightening experience. But there's no sense of, like, being taken care of. It just is. So, I guess, if I'm going to truly let go, am I letting go and allowing this darkness to um, do something to hurt me in some way in the people I love um, by not being on hyper alert all the time, especially at night. I'm, I'm struggling finding that balance, that, that way out. I am struggling to find that. Um, because in, in a way, I feel like the oneness doesn't carry the way. It's just there. So why... You know, if I end up being consumed by this darkness in some way, or hurt, or whatever, it's all part of the story. So how do I get out of this? How do I feel safe when I feel like the oneness, it isn't about feeling safe. But yet, I have strung, I have put the story together for myself that I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. How do I how do I get out? Because it God, it feels so real. The threat. You know, it's this isn't just 
the mind on a hamster wheel. That's part of it. It's definitely there. This is all a hamster wheel. And yet, I've, I've got physical proof that this darkness is, mm-hmm. can hurt. Mm-hmm. So, how do I get out of it? Let's go into it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's invite it in. Okay. It's like, all right. Show yourself. Show yourself. You want to play this game? All right. Mm-hmm. Game's on. Mm-hmm. It's last night while I was lying in bed. It read its ugly head pretty loudly because I feel like, oh, it's threatened. And it's like, and I'm like, no. It's, you are part of this whole illusion. You're not doing this to me. And yet, there was still fear. Sure. Um, Okay, so bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Um, so the concept-making mechanism that um, it's it's um, this isn't really true, but this is the best kind of way I can explain it. It's like it's someplace between pure consciousness and before the me arises. You know, in that flow between one and the other, there's like the idea of existence because we don't kind of play with that. We just assume things exist if we see them, right? So idea of existence and, and space and time, and these assumptions that we make in order to function. We, we take them to be real in order to have the me story within that framework. The concept-making mechanism that involves those layers, right? Mm-hmm. Time, space, existence, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That concept-making mechanism is where the phenomenal evidence for fear showing up and creating physical real harm is happening there. That's where that happens. Okay. Right? It's kind of a field of potentiality, really. But, but the potential for, for, for the darkness to actually show up and give evidence for its existence happens there. So when you say your mind isn't creating it, you as pure consciousness is creating it, as, as, as you are creating the whole galaxy and time and everything. Right? right. Okay. So the concept-making mechanism is where that's coming out, and something in you isn't seeing that formulation. It's not wide enough to see that formulation, okay. right, of, of where that evidence is coming from. And of course your mind is going, Jesus, this stuff is a real threat, because it's, there's phenomenal physical evidence. And it's like, yeah, but some part of your beingness made that too, made that too. It's not an independent entity. It's not. It's only an in- independent entity at, in this phenomenal realm. That's the only place. This is, this is the place where separation is at its deepest. Here. Planet Earth. This galaxy. This is where separation is, is completely like diversity is the name of the game here. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's why it's so dense and so thick and we can feel physical form and it's 3D and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So separation is the deepest here. So the most division between the dark and the light shows up here. 
That's why living a life is so goddamn hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Mm -hmm. You see? Because the light and the dark are at their extremes here. Mm -hmm. Okay? So the evidence that was created way back, like before your mind, when pure consciousness is working towards creating a context so that the world can show up, that's where the, the potential physical harm showed up as like, yep, yeah, that can exist, that can exist, let's that, throw that into the mix. Now back there, it didn't have, it, it's not seen as, hey, there's a concept making mechanism within pure consciousness that's doing bad stuff. Y you see? Mm -hmm. That division isn't there. So we can't find it in, in, a, in, a, in a light and dark filter lens, when we're using a light and dark filter lens, good, bad filter lens, mm -hmm. right? But some part of you can find the field of potentiality, okay. where the seed is being put in place. So it's about seeing more of the matrix of how it's set up. Okay. You see? Because right now, the dualistic lens of like, shoot, there's physical, there's physical evidence here that the dark is not just in my imagination. And that's giving the fear more power. Mm -hmm. So really, spirit is saying, hey, hey, we need you to see the field of pure potentiality of where concept making arises from and how it shows up as being huge diversity in the phenomenal world, but actually has its origin in this benign place of incredible potentiality. Mm -hmm. Everything that can be imagined can show up. Okay. Everything, everything. You see? So where that's being born from, you're not seeing because you're just seeing the results. You're just seeing what it's made. And your mind is seeing that product as evidence. And it's like, yeah, it is phenomenally. It is. Yeah. But it doesn't have its own agency. The dark doesn't have its own agency. It doesn't. It doesn't. Its agency comes from the same concept mechanism as you do. Mm -hmm. As all of this does. That's the part of unity that, that, that you haven't seen yet, I think. Mm. Okay, this is good. I feel like something's yeah, opening a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like yeah. something has to widen a bit. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Um, the story, the mind and the story is thinking um, of we the ones who take this potentiality and create love, because I don't feel the love when I feel source. Yes. It is coming from us. It's not source. Source is not love. It comes through us as love. Okay. Sorry. I said yes because I, because I hear you, but not because yes is the answer. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and for some reason... My letting go of this fear is hinging on this as well. Like this belief that, no, there really isn't love, it just is. And why is that an issue? Well, I think it's because of the child story. But, and I, I'm curious, I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So the phenomenal love, mm -hmm. that's what we do in healing work, is to, is to reconcile our lovability. I'm lovable, I'm capable, I can love and be loved, I'm lovable. That, that, that core, you know, that, that's the core center of what brings us to heal, a healed place. There's a bit of that to do. Mm -hmm. 
as you step back, the love that, that is, am I, can I love and can I be loved, that's so far away from the love that is movement. That is such a diluted version. And it has to be diluted in order to come into the separate lens. So it's like you have it and you don't have it. That's the only way it can be understood in the dualistic lens of perception. Okay. Now we can operate in this dualistic place, but with the other lenses of perception. You can see the interconnectivity of everything. You know, you get an insight and it's like, whoa, this is all one actually. You know, we get different pockets, insights of understanding. Sometimes experientially and sometimes it might be like, I don't see that, but I know it must be true someplace within me. Shows like this too. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> as you pull into pure consciousness, it's not, doesn't have the same taste feel as phenomenal love at all. It has characteristics of openness. Allowing, availability, yielding with no victim. Fluid. No guarantees, no, none of that stuff. And it's whatever that is, that essence. It, it permeates everything as we go back further and further. There's more of that essence as we go back. Mm -hmm. It gets less and less diluted as we pull back. Mm -hmm. And it's that complete, like, you know, we were talking this morning about kind of dissolving, let it have you, dissolving into the depth. That movement itself is love. It's that and one version of it is like, yeah, when I'm with somebody I love, oh, I can just relax in their arms. And then that kind of like, ah, that's probably a tiny little drop right. of what I'm trying to talk about. Right. Do you know? That right. complete dissolving. What is that? That's love. But it's just a pain in the butt that it's the same word that I'm using. I was just about to say, I think it's yeah. how we interpret this this word. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a... It's the same thing in, in its undiluted form. Okay. It's the same thing. But the experience of phenomenal love is what has your attention. Mm -hmm. and, and to heal that and to, 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 you know, to, to make more friends with phenomenal love will allow you to kind of find it as it pulls back and it's more concentrated. So you're saying by healing some other aspects of this personality, it will open up yes. the awareness of this further back. Yes. Yes. Because something in this person, in the personality, will be less constructive, will innately trust more. Not that you make a decision to trust, but as we heal, we let go because we don't need to protect ourselves so much because the danger is gone. Mm -hmm. And as we do that, our vibration lifts. And we're not as visible to the dark. Right. We move out of the zone of where that level of duality operates. It's like we get an upgrade. We, we don't become visible anymore to where the tiger, the realm of the tiger. Right. Do you see? I see that. And I'm very impatient. 
this is the thing, because, you know, my entire life, it's like I'm done, I'm done, just like many people who are done in their own way. Um, what do you suggest I do to help this process? And I feel I am almost always aware of the sense of oneness. Yeah. I, it's showing itself more yes. and more. It's taken charge. It's yes. in the lead now, and I am all about letting it, you know, complete, letting the false self fall away. It's yes. lovely. And I, I suppose if I am patient enough, this will just happen in time, and I would like to do my best to help it along. So if there's a part of me that would like to just shut the lights off at night and say, screw it, whatever, but I feel like I won't sleep <laughs> at all. And I don't know how many nights I'll have to do that. And there's also the fear that something's going to show up. So so where's the unity awareness then? Um, it's taken over by the fear. It almost is non-existent. Yeah. So something is putting its money on the fear will protect you more than the state. Not, not that the state of unity protects you. But, but there is a movement into protection and activate fear rather than resting in the oneness. So, I've heard you talk about the neural pathways. So this one's incredibly strong because it's been, you know, yeah. uh, energized yeah. the entire life and has grown over time. So, um, Are you saying that now just continue to be aware? I, like, there was a little openness when you talked about pulling back to, you know, like creation of everything. Yeah. That helped me just yeah. now yeah. a little bit. So, spend more time there? Is that what you're saying? But or? at the same time, you're going to have to um, um, unhook yourself from the belief, from what has set up the belief system that separation, actually, I've got evidence that separation happens and is dangerous and can harm me. Unhook myself. So those are those other pieces that you're talking about, yeah. the self-love. And... Yes. Yes. Okay. Because what is not of love, the evidence of what is not as love, which is now showing up as the tiger, the evidence of that needs to leave your system. You have to see it as, wow, well, that was an interesting experience created by, I get how the building blocks of how it was set up. I get it. And I know that it was just the contemporary version of an experience from another time or my childhood. Or I get it. I see how that was part of a tapestry. But I don't believe it anymore because I see through it. Mm -hmm. That's where I need you to be. Right. And that's where I want to be. Yeah. Okay. And I'm somewhat there at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super, super. Okay. So, just allow um, what's not of love has to leave you. What's not of love has to leave me. Yeah. Okay. Your cells like, has to leave the, the love. It has to leave the phenomenal experience. All right, all right, I'm going to sit with that. Yeah. All right. 
because there is a validation that the absence of love can be my experience, mm-hmm. right? Because when the fear of the tiger is running, there's an absence of love. It's like, there's an absence of love. There's a whole other show and town. No? Right. Okay. So, the fact that the absence of love can play as real in your experience, mm-hmm. we need that template, that piece of software to be released. So, you see, mm-hmm. we need that to be released. Mm-hmm. For it to be released, yes, you can go into story and you can heal it, very valid way. You can also see how, how the experience is being created from pure potentiality. And it's actually just, you know, the Wizard of Oz, you're pulling back the curtain to see what, how is this thing set up anyway, because I'm plugging into the evidence of it, but I'm not seeing the mechanism of how it's created. Mm-hmm. But when you pull back the curtain and you see how it's created, it's like, you, you just can't believe it anymore. You, mm-hmm. just, you just can't. You're like, wow, it's really convincing, but I, 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 it's demystified. I, I'm not buying it anymore. I just can't pretend. You see? To, right. to buy it, right? Yeah. So they're just two different ways of removing what is showing up as evidence for the absence of love is real. But right now, the absence of love is a real phenomenal experience, is your experience. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying that what is not of love has to leave your system. That state that is showing up as the absence of love, that's the problem. Okay. And so when you go back, it's funny that you said there's no love as I go back. There's just no, it's just is. It's like, that, that's true. In theory, that's true. Mm-hmm. But the way you're looking at it, love is actually missing. Love is missing. I didn't feel it. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. When, I, when yeah. my experiences of the oneness coming through very yeah. strongly, yeah. it just, it, it's nothing. Yeah. It, and it's fine. Yes. But it, I don't feel like... And I've had experiences where I, my heart is so full and this yes. incredible love yes. pouring out. Yes. Love for everything, everyone, yes. everything's fine. So I've had both. Yeah. But it makes me wonder, is that just this being experiencing the oneness through the heart and that's part of being a human being, but it's not truly what the oneness is? experiencing the oneness in that way, there is always um, a a coating around it of love. And you can tune into it or not. But there's a knowing that part of its ingredient is love. Mm -hmm. And from what I feel as you describe the experience of where there's no love there, it's like, uh, there really is no love there for her. Mm-hmm. But but there needs to be a love there that you can dial into or not dial into, or it gets dialed into because you know it's the experience as it shows up. But it's like that part, that ingredient that is love is actually shut off there, mm-hmm. and that's what tells me it's because the phenomenon experience is still being believed. The absence of love is being believed; it hasn't been seen through yet, and so and so when when 
when you're in that zone of where there is a little bit of, you know, subconscious attention available for fear and the tiger manifestation, that when you pull back from there, no, of course not, because because there can't be oneness integrated in love integrated into the oneness story if we've if we're holding out that the the extreme of that trajectory of experience is fear absence of love and the dark can come after the light and perhaps we mm -hmm. do you see yeah i do i do so you're saying the oneness part of its makeup is what we call love yes but we may not necessarily always experience it that that's way. That's right. That's okay. right. But it's, it actually is. Because there's a part of me that wants to truly believe that. I bet. I bet. And, and yet I say, well, why do you want to believe that? That's still part of your story. Yeah. Um, it's, you have to see it, though. You, you know how you know yourself how this works. You have to see that it is true. Yeah. Just believing it is bypassing. You know? Right. Swapping out one belief system for another. So you have to see that it is so. But so no wonder you feel that the oneness doesn't have your back because it's not the full experience of oneness. It's not the full experience. There's no back to have. Excuse me? There'd be no back to have. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So something's keeping alive the separation. Um, so there's you and the oneness. How do I bridge that? How do I bring... Because I truly have this belief now that there is, it just is, and we're kind of making up the part of love. Yeah. Because it's part of our physical being. And because it can make you safe. And then the mind's like, but you want the truth, and that's just a story. Being safe. Yes. You're saying yes, but you still have your chips on the one that says the darkness might still get me. Yes, you still have your chips there, and it's like, okay, you, you're in a story. You are making that up, and you've created evidence to prove that it is so. It's a big story. Yeah, it is a big story, but you believe that you will be safe by maintaining belief in that story. The story is creating the experience that you're not safe. Right. So now you need the story in order to have your own back. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's creating the whole dualistic perspective of one who's not safe needing to believe it in order to be safe. It's one package. It's mm -hmm. all your story. It's right. one story. Right. And it comes from an experience of not being safe. It comes from trauma that's still in your body. Okay. So, I, I, in, to release that trauma, it's going to, it kind of has a, its own life to show itself to me. I can't always go searching for it. it. You know, I can place the attention there and have the intention of healing it and it will come up and I'll accept it when it does and, Work yes. it. Yes. In the meantime, <laughs> okay, I'm going to work from that perspective of the creation of everything. <coughs> yes. Okay. And with and included in that is, and I'm asking you this because there's a part of me that desperately wants to believe this because I think it will help me, and I maybe 
repeating myself here, but there is love in the oneness. Like it's, it's not just, you know, nothingness. Or is it just nothingness? And I need to feel that there's love there because of the fear and, you know, being abandoned and all the rest of that. I hear the words you're saying, but I'm feeling this message underneath saying, I am scared to trust and I don't know how. Yes. And high risk, high risk, high risk if I trust. Yes. High risk. Definitely. Definitely. I'm so aware it's like, of that. Yeah. I trust if Jack says that there's love there. I want to, I want to, but, 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 but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I've got it loaded. Yeah. Okay. And, and consciousness in its magnificence mm-hmm. has created this phenomenal experience to get your attention, mm-hmm. to show you that the only thing we can do is trust. It's not up to us. We're not doing any of it. And that's how much there is love. That's, that's the wow. depth of love. That is love. Yes. That is love. Mm-hmm. It will go to those lengths. Mm-hmm. You see? Those lengths to create a phenomenal experience. <clears throat> okay. I'm very close. Yeah, you're very close. Yeah, I'm very close. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I am definitely closer. Yeah, closer. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. Dig into trust a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. what's blocking you from seeing the concept making mechanism that's rolling out as there's validity in, 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 in the potency of the dark. That's that's where that's originating. There's one more, yeah. more question. Of course. Um, at some of these uh, times when I feel um, the oneness yeah. um, kind of taking over mm-hmm. completely, sometimes I get that little uh, a little voice, like what I call voiceover. <laughs> Who is that? Like one time when I felt like I was going to be consumed by the oneness, I was having this, I was, but a lot of fear came up, so I didn't completely give myself to it. The words came to me. There is only one. Mm. Who is that? That's your mind interpreting the frequency that's generated in that zone. So, you know, I was saying earlier, it's like an aroma. It's like, you know, it's like a, I know, energy. I, 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 I need to find a decent word. Some, 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 some sh- light shines from the frequency of pure consciousness. Right? Yeah. And that light gets interpreted by our mind. And the mind impersonally says, there is only one, or whatever the mind says. It turns it into language. It doesn't quite understand it. The understanding is in a deeper part, but it's actually been turned into language because the mind has been picking up the frequency and does what it does best, turns it into story. The story is valid there, of course. You know, every story is valid within its own context. Oh, okay. 
Right. So, so that's where the voice comes from. It's the impersonal observing capacity that translates the, the zone that has access to your mind, translates it into words. Interesting. Because okay. <coughs> it seems like it had a life of its own. Yeah, separation doesn't go that deep. You can say it's from your guides, you can say, I mean, people do all this and it's like, now we're just dragging duality and me and you back into the oneness. It's like, duh, the whole experience was lost, you know? Because we're just so attached to this dualistic perspective. But the dualistic perspective isn't there. It's just the mind is recognizing. Because it's all about the mind recognizing the truth or, you know, giving up the ghost and finding out its parameters. And, and, and bowing down, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, straight behind. Yeah. Thank you. Can we expand a little bit on, on this? Because... Uh, Can you bring the microphone a bit closer? If I, if we can maybe expand a little bit on this. Because, you know, when I feel like I'm the pure consciousness, you know, I don't have the, the fear, but there is also, the, the love is really diluted, and it's fi- diluted. The love love is di- diluted. Diluted, oh, yeah. you know. It, it almost feels like it's actually indifferent to our different characters. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not worried that it doesn't have my back, but I also feel like it's actually really indifferent to, to anything. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, yes. And then, you know, my uh, meditation teacher told me because I had a question about love, and, and she said, well, love is how the consciousness is kind of manifested in the, in the human realm. And that kind of made sense to me. Uh, and part of this question, if it makes sense, it's also about the connection, right? What, what, what is the the human connection that we have among us, what is it, what, you know, how, what's the relationship between that and the pure consciousness? From a spiritual perspective, the interconnectivity between us is unity consciousness in little tiny drops. It's just trying to show the interconnectivity of everything. You know, that's, that's our... We look for connection, we look for connection because there's something, after a period of time, invariably we want to meet somebody else, so we want to, we need other people, and there's just this draw to, we're, we're tribal in our, in our, you know, we, it takes more than one to, to recreate, it's like interconnectivity is everywhere. So, for the human beings. For human beings, yeah. exactly. That's what the love, then it's, then that's what you call the love. Yes, we've, we've mm, well, I suppose there's two things there. It, the interconnectivity between us is unity consciousness just dropping in so that we don't stay in the separate identity that long, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's something to like shake, shake us out of the separate lens of perception, okay? And we discover we relax a bit more if we're with somebody else. So. And we gravitate towards people that, that that make us feel good mm-hmm. so that we can ah oh, relax and then we say that we love them because ah oh, something just yields and the contraction of the separate lens of perception is dissolving mm-hmm. right in that moment and we're having experience of something wider 
Okay? Yeah. What we call phenomenal love is, is very different, but it has the same origin. It's very different from, from the flow that, that is love. So, so it's like the flow or the movement is actually love. But then we, we put a label on it and explain what it is and how it feels and everything. And it's like, oh my God, that's so far from it. So it, in the same way that, you know, you and I are the same thing in different form. Like if, if somebody is really believing in separation, that's a load of crap. Do you know? That just sounds a load of crap. Unless, unless you've actually had some experience of unity consciousness. And so the way I'm talking about love can sound like a load of crap until, uh, until there's been some like, holy Moses, the one movement that, that has enabled any of this to flow out is that same essence that turns into something else that we call love, but it's the same essence. It's movement. It's, it's actually movement. It's nothing else except movement. And everything is moving all the time. Even a rock, a cliff, it's still, there's, there's motion happening. And the motion, if we break it down, it's not scientific, it's actually, it's actually love. That energy of movement is love. That's what it is. And if we follow that thread, it ends up as phenomenal love, but we have the layers of the non-jewel and the jewel, and me and you and love and not love and hate and it's gotten so mixed in with the story there it doesn't feel like the same so wherever you can bring it back to okay love is how it shows up yeah yeah okay and i'm just saying and go back and go back and go back and go back and find out where love goes where there's no movement at all okay you've gone deeper than love that's deeper than love. It can't go there. I mean, it can't go there because it's movement. It's the expansion movement. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Sure. So I'm a bit of a beginner. So excuse the rudimentary question, but um, so all that like I just get this. Like I so I know I feel like I'm with you 100. percent that's it. When I first started down my spiritual path, um, some the spiritual teacher said, um, what if you already knew who your parents were before you came into this world mm-hmm. and you signed a contract to come and you were here to learn something. So I'm like, okay, I bought into that because that made sure. sense to me. Sure. But but now as I'm listening to all this, I'm like, well, if we're oneness, you know, and we're all this, we're here always and forever and we're all connected and we're all the same. Why are we here? Like, what is our purpose being here as humans? Because in my mind, it was to raise our vibration to a higher spiritual level, to to learn whatever lessons we needed to learn to become a better energy, I guess. But if we're all always have and always will be this oneness, why are we here as human beings? And there's much deeper than the oneness too. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, I'm going to draw something on the board. <clears throat> all right. Separation, duality, whatever, lots of difference. 
U-A-L-I-T-Y. Okay, that's a viewing point. It's a lens. It's your dark pen. Black. There is. Oh. Pardon? All right. So the me and the you and the dark and the light and, you know, I have and I don't have and it's all in separation, no? Because everything is disconnected. Whoa. And this <laughs> is a unified... lens of perception another lens of perception is the unity one the oneness that's another lens and then we can go deeper than that too okay when when we're playing the the game of you know there's me and there's you Functionality. We need to use that language. It, it kind of makes sense. Otherwise, like, how am I going to order lunch? Like, without saying I would like this. I mean, I've got to, I've got to play the separation game, you know. But someplace else, we have a capacity to recognize. Oh my God, it's all the same. Actually, in my mind, is the thing that's creating difference in order to make experiencing happen. There's the same thing going on. Fluidity between the two. Certain things are valid. Like here, I, 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 need, I, I need the person behind the lunch counter to be working on the same lens of separation as I am in order for us to do a transaction. I do. Do I know that there is unity consciousness? Absolutely. And deeper than that. But the separation lens is the only thing that's going to make buying lunch possible. I can't go there and just The lunch and me are one. And it's, you know, like, it's bullshit. I'm, I'm going to end up hungry because my body needs food. It's tied into cause and effect. You see? So, so to, to, to heal this one, the separate, and that's why we do healing work, is so that there's no huge pull into the separate lens of perception to the point of disconnecting from the bigger picture. This is, a, this is a toolkit to make experience impossible. So it's very valid there to have purpose for your life, your separate life, to have value and why are we here and what are we doing and what's it all about and I have a contract with my parents. That makes sense. It fleshes out the separate lens of perception. It kind of makes that story more manageable, more understandable. So it doesn't... Mm, blind us or contract us so much. Do you see? It's like, oh yeah, I kind of get how it works. All right. So we're getting a bigger picture, a bigger picture. We're moving towards the unity field by saying, oh yeah, I, it's, it's, now I'm no longer kind of against my parents because I bought into that. It's like, okay, it's a great idea. It really, really helps to shift our lens of perception into something softer. And we see the interconnectivity of ourselves before we were born. <coughs> Right, so now we're expanding what my sense of the separate me is. Right? Why? Because we're some part of us knows this too. And we need to pull that lens of unity consciousness into our conscious mind 
So it's like, yep, different and same, same. Different and same, same. And I can do both. And I can straddle both. I'm neither. What's really looking at all of this is much deeper. Is deeper again. Where there isn't even one. Where one is one too many. So as we go down here, you know, that's where like we drop off from spaciousness, we drop off from existence, we drop off from all identity. It's like, why do we need to be separate or connected with everything anyway? It's just identity. Really, we're just swapping out one identity for another by way of evolving. We're moving, we're evolving, we're, we're, we're going towards the truth and we're pulled towards truth. But really, my separate self and my part of the whole unit and I'm the same essence but looking through a different form but the same in essence it's like mm -mm, even that identity goes why do I need to be anything at all now if if the separate self is very broken and traumatized it's not ready to drop the sense of identity it needs to be whole and to love itself in order to be ready to drop into those other lenses. So that's what we're doing, is finding how can it be fluid between the different lenses of perception so that you, you, you the magnificence of your own being as you as consciousness can see, yep, I pick up the mind, which does unity, and I pick up another part of my mind, which does separation. And they're both parts of the functioning, and I'm deeper than all of that. And that's not even... And, and I can drop the identity with that too. Have I lost you? No. Yes, my darling. I guess my, I guess the question there, I guess becomes almost, I don't even know, but like, so, for, but if we are this undefinable yeah, entity, yeah. but then there was trauma that had to bring us to this world to help heal the separationism, to take you to the what is that? What is it? What is it? Like, if we're all... Where does it start? What is a, what is a trauma that's having, that we're having to have a human, a spiritual being having a human existence? Where is the trauma coming from? Okay, so, so the whole lot of it is imagined. Mm -hmm. well, why is it imagined? Yeah. So the why can only show up here. Mm. And we're asking a question about... What started this whole thing to turn it into the interconnectivity and the oneness, which turned it into trauma, right? So, so the why is only going to find an answer that the separate self will, will, will grab, you see? So, so some spiritual teachers call this, well, that's mystery. I don't like the word mystery. No. I just <laughs> think it's lack yeah, of out. understanding, a cop-out. Yeah. I do, I find that that's just, no, dig, dig, dig some part of your nose and bring that into your conscious mind as best as you can. But yeah. go to the knowing, because we know. So just forget the why, no, just go to the knowing. Go to the knowing. Go to the knowing. And as soon as you want to why, you're going to get a phenomenal answer. And you can make up stuff about why it happened, because, you know, the cosmic joke, because, because it could, because, oh, here's the one that's in most scriptures that talk about this deeper stuff is that the only way that consciousness could experience itself was by imagining itself to be other than it is. So it imagined diversity. 
in order to have experience. And yeah, I can find where that's valid, but it's actually for the mind. It's actually so that the question would be dropped. Because it's a part of this dualistic lens of perception that is making that question. So it's like, what do we got to do to drop this question? And it's not to drop it in order to get something better. It's to see that it's invalid outside of this lens of perception. But there is knowing within you, someplace else, of how this works. There is knowing. Yay! <laughs> it feels like it's a movement of love. It's all a movement of love. It is a movement of love, yeah. Yeah, it's all about that. It's all that. It's not a why. The movement, just... movement itself yeah. is love. Yes. You see, because the love has no reason. It's none of yeah. story. Love story. It's none of none of that. It's once it starts moving, the movement is love. Yeah. That's why the love penetrates. But yes. our phenomenal experience it gives us an, another idea of what love is, and it's like we want to distrust love. And it's like, yeah, sure, sure. Is that Shakti in the Indian scriptures? Shiva and Shakti. I just, I don't know. Who knows? You could say that. Yeah, just seems. To you could say that. How are we doing? Is it lunch time? Yeah? Yeah, Alright. Okay then. Let's do lunch. Thank you folks.